Good morning, Master. Good morning, sisters and brothers. Couple of days back, my leg was being pulled by a couple of my very close brothers. When I was discussing about this topic, that mission is my responsibility. They advised me not to take the topic too seriously. <laughs> so in turn, what I told them as a repartee, there are many mice, not M-I-C-E, but M-I-E-S, in the crowd. And these are the mice which are going to become the theme that I have developed for this topic. As you would have seen from the topic and guessed a little bit, which I will share later, it's all about working together. The session would be split something like this time-wise. I will take about roughly 15 minutes to set the base for this topic where I will put some of the building blocks and after that there is going to be a group activity sort of a competition between the six groups or teams that have been formed here or the participants who have come from all over the south zone after this activity is over which is set to take about 15 minutes we will have a debriefing session in terms of what we learn from this activity and how we can use the learnings from this activity to enrich the knowledge which would help us to work better as we endeavor to serve the mission which I hope is the sole purpose for which all of us are assembled here today. When I looked at the dictionary for the word mission, the possibilities were enormous. Each of the sites that I visited gave various definitions. Each one of them interesting and each one of them expanding the topic that I had to such an extent I had a fear whether I will be able to finish within the one and a half hours time given to me. There are two definitions that I picked up which will set the base for what we intend doing later. The first one I picked up from a site which defines the word mission as follows. An important assignment carried out for political, religious or organizational purposes typically involving travel. If you see the life of our master, between what the mission was way back in the time of Lalaji Maharaj to what it was during the time of Babaji Maharaj to what it is today. We are present in more than 100 countries. But for his age, which has slowed down his travel, the beloved master has more or less been to all these countries and personally seen the growth of the mission and ensured that the founding stones are laid properly for all the future generations to enjoy and reap the benefit of his work which also would take us partly to the topic in terms of doing the mission work by traveling. The second one definition which I liked, which also provides a link to this topic. A group of people working together, underlined, in such an assignment, a group of people working together in such an assignment. These are the two base definitions I would like to take for this session. When I looked up the word which forms the second portion of the topic, 
responsibility. It was much more bigger than the word mission itself. There were a lot of synonyms which are very interesting, which I will quickly share. The few of them which I formed for the word responsibility ran like this. Reliability, dependability, ability to respond, ability to anticipate, complete answerability, full accountability. Each of the word by itself means a lot to each one of us. I will not be going deeper into the meaning of the words. I would share a few definitions which I again picked up from the various websites for this word which would form the basis for me to expand on this topic. The first definition is something like this. The ability or authority to act or decide on one's own without supervision. It's quite interesting. A second one, which is very close to many of us, which Master has been expanding for quite a few years, starting from 2008 specifically when I heard his speech, November 2008. A set of concepts in ethics and morality. The third definition which I found, duty or obligation to satisfactorily perform or complete a task assigned by someone or created by one's own promise or circumstances which are self-created that one must fulfill and which has a consequent penalty for failure and reward for success. Fortunately for us in the mission, Master is so gracious that there are no penalties for the mistakes we make and even for the successes we don't accomplish, the kind of gifts that he showers on us are enormous, which many of us have personally tasted on many occasions. The next one which is equally interesting, the obligation for the proper custody, care and safe keeping of an organization, its property and or funds entrusted to the possession or supervision of an individual or a group. The last one, the obligation to carry forward and assign task to a successful conclusion. With responsibility goes authority to direct and take the necessary action to ensure success. There are two, three quotes which I want to share, which I read, which are very meaningful to us in the context in which we are going to handle the session. The first one by Ivan Ball says, most of us can read our responsibility on the walls. We just assume it is addressed to someone else. The second one, even when we know what is right, too often we fail to act. More often we grab greedily for the day, letting tomorrow bring what it will putting off the unpleasant and unpopular for today. This was given by Bernard. The third one, whether or not you have children yourself, you are a parent to the next generation. If we can only stop thinking of children as individual property and think of them as the next generation, then we can realize we all have a responsible role to play 
this was given by Davis Kasi, the last one, which is quite an interesting one by Lord Byron. The thorns which I have reaped are of the tree I planted. They have torn me and I bleed. I should have known what fruit would spring from such a seed. It takes me to the word responsibility from an angle that I have personally seen which also emanates from the definition Lord Byron has given. Day in and day out, we all take a lot of actions. And each of these actions produces a series of results. It is said that those who are really responsible are those who see through the consequences of the actions that we do before we sow such a seed of action. These includes the words spoken, the actions that unfold and various other things that we do as part of our existence both in our material and our spiritual life. The two factors that I would like to expand for this topic which I would also in a few minutes put on the board for you all to see. If the mission has grown today by the grace of Master it is also because of the thousands of people who have been carrying on the mission work in various parts of the world. Which brings us to the fundamental point of what we need to know to be able to serve the mission as a responsible person of the mission. There are two factors I would like to expand, teamwork and attitude. These two would be the fulcrum on which my topic would evolve. I will now move to the board to share a few inputs on this and then I will come back here. Let's call it. Let's call this the iceberg model. As we all are aware, those who have at least seen the movie Titanic, what you see of an iceberg is about 10, 15 percent above the surface of the sea. The rest is well hidden below the surface. Likewise, what people see of us, which is called the tip of the iceberg, can be called as the behavior. Behavior is what others see in us. What makes the tip of the iceberg, the strength is derived from what is below beneath the surface. If you really look at it, the entire behavior what others see of us at the core level is supported by what we call as attitude. Attitude can
can also be called as the outlook that you have towards life, both yourself and others. Hence, that translates as a behavior. If you go a little bit deeper and find what helps us in shaping up this attitude, we look at a topic that is very close to all of us and very close to our beloved master. Character formation. The character formation leads to an attitude which helps you to see the way things should be seen and helps you to behave which creates the action which others see or others feel. If you look a little bit deeper, what really forms the character over a period of time, right from the time we develop the consciousness and as we progress in our later parts of the life. I call them as the belief systems. When you have a certain amount of belief systems, and of course as Brother Puneet was speaking a couple of days back, to great extent the prejudices that we have, prejudices being either positive or negative, still they are prejudices, they help you form the belief systems. The belief systems over a period of time lets you form what character is all about. If you really look at the root of the problem in terms of what helps us to create this belief system which we go to the final building block the root of the belief systems I have written here as thoughts the thought coming from two sources that that I have from within of myself and the second which is imposed on me by the people who are around me in terms of the attitude that they have which converts as their behavior which has been characterized by the character that they have which is solidified by the belief system that they carry which again is reinforced by the thoughts that they carry. I don't want to delve too much into this topic for a simple reason. Tomorrow you have a full topic on power of thought. If you really look at thinking per se, this is what over a period of time alters your belief systems. Hence, if someone is looking at in terms of altering their behavior, if you really look at the extension of the word that master repeatedly use, uses, there is a lack of integrity in a person. When we see a lack of integrity in a person, we take it that there is an outward behavior which is different from what the person is actually inside. You also call it as hypocrisy. If you really see it, many of us, many times, due to social and other compulsions, tend to modify our behavior to see, suit the need of the other, to please someone else, to satisfy someone else, to fight with someone else. Whereas our core belief systems, the core character, the core attitude is something else. Hence it creates an internal conflict. As Master said once, lack of integrity means the mind and heart are pulling away in different directions. As he rightly mentioned once in his conversation in a beach, you are being torn apart. 
your mind says something else your heart says something else in this case if we are looking at a very falsified way of altering our behavior which is what the western etiquette and that's why master doesn't lay emphasis too much on etiquette the external behavior aspects you know being very nice to someone else being polite all these are external manifestations when not matched by an internal mapping attitude and a belief system creates a sort of a behavior in you which actually you yourself sort of rebel against i don't like what i am doing yet i am forced to do because this situation demands me to do so hence if we are really serious about altering our behavior kindly do not i mean when master mentioned this many years back it was really shocking to me how can master say there is no point in being polite master once said being polite is a waste of time it took me years for me to reasonably understand what that really meant when he said politeness is a waste of time actually what he is saying that you are doing things just to please others we are not doing things which would actually transform us we are like stage actors going on the stage putting up a show because it satisfies someone else people are happy they clap we are happy we have got a round of applause we are off but when we go back we know for sure that inside of us we are not what we projected to be in this world which is a play stage we are all donning and playing so many roles cheating ourselves all the time by putting up behaviors which are falsified and different i am not generalizing but i am just making a basic sort of an observation based on what i have seen how is it that a person under different circumstances based on different environmental factors is able to put up a behavior which is different from what his core belief systems are if you really look at it hence my thesis which again will link it back to the teamwork that i'll come to later is that by focusing on your behavior alone you are going to make such a shallow change which will not even last the time that it takes for you to write something there as a right in there even the impressions are not formed hence if you look at a change of behavior without mapping it with the corresponding blocks which you see below the iceberg are not going to be of any use in the longer run hence if you go back the next building block that we see is the attitude that you are talking about do i just change the attitude my outlook to life it's not possible for me to just change the attitude and the outlook to life unless my character maps the attitude character is my internal block and using that internal block i'm looking at an external world i am not at acting or i am not taking any action yet yet i am seeing it through the prism of attitude and this building block of character formation is ingrained in us i was reading a article a couple of years back being in the line that i am in where we deal with people skills an author a very famous researcher had presented a paper in harvard he had mentioned that which once master also sort of reaffirmed in a different way that all the behaviors that you are going to project all the attitude that you are going to project more or less are formed before the age of 5 or 6 because all the belief systems which are the building blocks that we need to give have already been laid by the people who are around us predominantly our parents our teachers our society and the close friends who are with us fortunately for us if you really see many times i used to wonder why is it that master is spending so much time with children whereas the time that he apparently spends with an adult in an external level is so low when i really look back it was sort of a revealing uh, sort of an idea for me that he is spending time 
if you really remember the few days back when master gave the inaugural speech he said transmission is where the complete even the the complete transformation for you is being made through transmission so when he is actually working with children what he is doing is nothing but sowing the seed of thought in them in terms of what they should become and after all the soil is good which they are obviously these seeds germinate and start building up into a belief system which is what should be in line with what he wants them to have in some way we are all carriers for such children to be born as babaji maharaj has said in whispers which came a few days back he is speaking about the indigo children the special people who are being born with additional faculties that we don't possess if they are coming in what is happening is because they have a capable master a master is working from the time of inception literally from the time they are born many times i have seen master when someone walks in even before they say anything he will he will know and he will say that you know so and so is pregnant or many times i have seen that you are going to have a baby boy or you are going to have a baby girl not that he is a soothsayer whatever automatically he has started working on that soul even from the time the soul comes in contact with him even when it decides to listen imagine now working backwards we are that way to some extent a little bit at a disadvantageous position we have thoughts which have not been modified when we were young but unfortunately or fortunately we have grown up with it but today we are in the hands of a master who is capable of altering that provided you cooperate if you really look back if you really intend changing your behavior start from the lowest building block the thoughts which also means we need to take only what is pure i am reminded of uh, the quotation that master used to say often about babaji maharaj that the only topic that babaji maharaj ever spoke was about lalaji maharaj and master once asked you know why is that you have only about lalaji maharaj to speak he said what else is worth speaking about so when we have the crowds around us when we have the people around us always surround yourself with the people who can give you thoughts which would help you to build up a positive belief system which will take us towards a change of behavior how the behavior links to teamwork and how it links to the topic that i am taking i will come quickly once you work on the thinking pattern you start altering your belief system once you start altering your belief systems you are laying the foundation for your character formation that now shapes up your attitude and from that attitude the whole thing emerges now my inside and outside are the same because i have become completely divinized as he would want me to be not as i actually thought i would become now my mapping is such that my behavior and my attitude and my character and my belief system are in sync now the iceberg is visible so it is there for everyone to see the iceberg based on that the captain of the ship titanic could have decided how to go he didn't know the complete details this is the base on which i would go a little bit forward into the next activity before we go to check what is your behavior in terms of working as a team which has a huge link to the topic that i have taken up mission is not my responsibility the individual minds who are sitting here which makes it a collective responsibility or a collective consciousness we are going to move into an activity this activity like 
what the famous book said, games people play. It's not about transaction analysis or the Eric Burns theory, but it is about a game that I'm going to make you play. We all love as children to play games and activities. And through this activity, we are going to go through the debriefing for the rest of the session. For the sake of this activity, I'm sure Master will be enjoying watching all of you on the screen, how you go about doing this. And since it's on record, you can't go back and say that this is not what I am. Actually, I'm something else, but you know, the person appearing on the screen is something else. So this activity is going to be short, live. You will have 15 minutes for this activity and you're all going to be as teams. As I said, one, two, three, four, five, and six, we have already been pre-grouped, a heterogeneous group. This activity is a very simple, fun-loving activity. As you would have seen when the topic started, there were some newspapers and a couple of cellophane tape rolls and a couple of scissors that you have. This is the base for this activity that you're going to do. To the right of me, you have some empty space. Is the space assigned for you to do this activity? This is going to be a competition between all the six teams. This competition is called as the paper tower building exercise. The competition is quite simple. You are going to be given a set of newspaper which is common for all of you, which is going to be kept here. There is going to be a pair of scissors and there is going to be a pair of cellophane tape which are kept here. During this activity, you will not have access to any other resource other than what is kept here. You are not permitted to borrow or steal anything else. It is about a competition between all of you to find which team builds the tallest freestanding paper structure. When I say tallest, it is this way, not horizontal, that I make for one kilometer and put it on the ground and say, I don't want a leaning tower of pizza, but pizza, but uh, it has to be something which is standing and up. Freestanding, which also means you are given cellophane tapes, obviously by this time you would have deciphered that you have to use the cellophane tape to put the paper together to bring the tower up. The freestanding means the paper should not be stuck to the floor. I should be able to, at the end of the activity, remove and keep it somewhere else and in case it falls, whatever is the height after it falls is the actual height that you have done. Which means the team which finishes with the tallest freestanding structure is going to be declared the winner. I hope the rules are clear. The total time given is 15 minutes. I will do the countdown for you so that you don't have any challenge. And uh, the moment I say start, you are free to come pick up the paper. You have only 15 minutes to complete the activity. And when you start, you don't look back. At the end of 15 minutes, whatever you have, we'll stop with that. Are we all ready to go? The time is 10.35. Your time starts now. You need work on the other area. Build your towers at the end. I'll do and come and compare and see who wins. One minute over. No, just here I have to do something. I will hear even better. Two minutes over. You have 13 minutes more. Okay, get back to your seats. Get back to your seats. Okay, good. Anyway, the fun portion has ended. The serious, 
element begins now. Normally when it comes to life, there are two kind of responses. It is said that we have behavioral science experts say this. The first is what we call as a monitored situation or a monitored response. A monitored response by nature is when we are told what to do, somebody guides us, somebody supervises us. The second one, if you go back to the first definition of responsibility I gave, your ability to perform without supervision. It is also called as the unmonitored response. It is said that the unmonitored response that we have is the true response that is lying hidden beneath the iceberg. Which means, in a situation where you are free to use your free will, this is precisely what you are expected to bring to the table. In this context, we have seen the activity, we have seen the varying heights. As far as I am concerned, who won, who didn't win is secondary. What we learn from this activity and what we are going to do to link it back to the topic is what I am going to share with you. This activity can be debriefed in so many ways, but I am going to take a few points in terms of how I intend covering it for you. The first one, which is normally expected of anyone who does this activity, which is also very close to our heart in terms of what Master said in 10 maxims. Goal setting. How many teams here knew exactly what height you wanted to build before you started the activity? When I went around, I didn't see any team having any specific goal in mind. They just put the papers together, started cutting the tapes and started working on the goal. I really don't know whether you had a goal in your mind before you started. There's a famous quote which goes like this. If you don't know where you are headed, you will get there. Maybe in Alice in Wonderland, I don't know. Master has said something beautifully about goal setting, which I have it here for you. I'll come to that a little bit later. Yeah, it's here. Master says, even though Sajmark offers the highest goal, how many of the Abhyasis have really accepted that goal as their individual personal goal? Master also says in the 10 maxim that set becoming one with him as the highest goal and rest not till you reach there. If you really see in terms of the goals that we set, I do not know if the goals were lofty. A few days back, Master was talking in the cottage and he was talking something about possibilities. How we restrict ourselves by what is around us, what we see, instead of seeing what are the possibilities. Typically in management terms, we call it as theory of constraints. What were given to you were very clear. You are given a set of team members with or without certain knowledge of the activity. You are given a set of papers. You are given a couple of cello tapes deliberately, couple of scissors again deliberately and given a time of just 15 minutes. The moment you saw that I am very sure what would have come to your mind is what is that I can do within this limitation of the time, the material that is given to me, with the kind of people that I have. 
when some people came and asked me that it's not fair you have given only two scissors i wanted to ask them then which i would ask them now what stopped you from asking me for more what stopped you for aiming at a higher level of a goal like you could have easily decided that i will build a 30 feet tower and then having decided it has to be a 30 feet tower let me go and find what is that i need to do to get that done get the resources one of the best resources that you had in this room was me because i have been doing this activity for years and i know how to build a 30 foot tower nobody came and asked me for the knowledge exactly this is what also happens in our life that we don't have one a clear goal this is your subconscious response that you brought to the table so don't say that this is not you you brought the goal to the table in terms of not knowing what your goal is and that's exactly what we are going to achieve working as part of the mission if you imagine what the mission was 60 70 years back compared to what it is today imagine the vision and the goal that master would have had for this august assembly august mission which has taken us to beyond 100 boundaries imagine the possibilities that he had in mind he did not look at the constraint in fact the biggest challenge that he had was that he was almost by himself he was almost literally a person who was managing the entire show even today it's like that yet he set the goal as the highest this is something even lalaj maharaj has written in his scriptures which i read many many years back that he wanted to see a perfect in each home in this world what a lofty goal that should be can't we at least i mean if you have to spread the word of the mission if you really take the word of mission which also derives us to the word called missionary which also means we take a message and spread it in which we have a belief we do believe in the system that we practice we do believe that it adds value to the people we do believe that sincerely that it will take them towards the goal what all religions preach but don't give yet do we really believe that we are capable of going and delivering that message that master wants us which he is equipping you with in this sessions and many of the sessions in terms of the literature in terms of the speeches in terms of the interactions in terms of the informal conversations he has with us do we have it in us to have a goal which is as high as what is possible for us not in terms of what is only probable through the constraint that i see when i go down as part of my responsibility being a zone in charge the standard responses i get from prefects from abics from other functionaries of the mission that this is not possible why no no nobody will accept they will not do they will think otherwise and if you have a belief system what is the point in holding it back what is the point in keeping a a torch inside a home instead of allowing it to light the world do we have it in us to set the highest goal to take it across the globe and spread the message that master wants us to spread or do you still want the old man to do it personally think about it the goal clarity is one of the first thing that we need to have as future functionaries of the mission some of you are already serving the mission in various capacities the second one which is a very sad factor in life which is also something that each one of you displayed here the crazy mentality to win at any cost i think that every team out here was to win in the process they didn't really care about whether the other team was also winning or not i didn't see as far as i could any single team member who went around and spoke to the other team member is there something that i can do to help you finish i saw teams who finished within 10 minutes and they were just sitting and having fun i mean not going to the other team and winning recently i watched a small video very powerful very interesting though i don't have it with me for me to show it to you it's a special olympics for apparently physically challenged children 
this race starts it is a 50 meter race and you are free to run in whatever form that you have wheelchairs with crutches whatever you find that the race starts there are about eight of them and six of them seven of them have crossed the halfway mark and suddenly they find that one person is missing they turn back and find there's a small child who is affected by polio who is unable to walk who is sitting on the ground and crying they walk back all the way in the track against all principles of winning they take the child and walk to the winning post eight of them together there were six teams here how many of you finished together we all have this obsession my center my prefect to the extent when i travel i find it amazing that people are more attached to the prefects than to the mission automaster they openly say i will not go to so and so prefect for a city if master gives the city through the prefects what stops the bsc from going anywhere when i ask prefects do you go and give sitting to other no no i don't mind going but the other prefect doesn't allow me to come here what do i do when i ask the center in charge have you ever thought of stepping outside going to some other center and talking not possible why even as such i have too much work to do here how can i go that's a more of a smoke screen the real point is that you are not accepted there once you are a team member i never stopped you from mingling teams i formed a team you cast yourself in cement and remained as a team within that 10 members what i formed you are free to come together the 60 of you to build one single edifice which should have been really towering above everything else what stopped you from building that one single tower instead of six towers which many of them collapsed at the end this is the behavior which we saw and this since it's an unmonitored response you know where it comes from this is your belief system this is your character and this is your attitude do you have a serious problem here it's up to you to decide i don't want to sit on judgment because master said judge not of course it's not officially as a maximate though many times he said judge not lest they shall be judged in management parlance we also call it as collaboration having done what i'm supposed to do for the mission can i help some other person in the mission to move forward can i help another abhyasi to move forward can i help activities to happen which would enrich everyone in the mission and help take everyone forward i see individual talents which are really great in the mission wherever i go i find specifically the younger pool that i see in the age group of 20 to 35 amazing amount of talent but they are all remaining as islands not connected to the mainland for a simple reason they say i am not accepted or vice versa he is too new how can i give him responsibilities i mean who are you to decide in terms of who is new who is not new whether you are capable or not when we sit on judgment what happens here is that collaboration takes goes for a sixer the third factor which is sort of works cuts both ways are we clear on the roles that we did when we started the activity were there role definitions in terms of who would do what would a person assigned to cut the paper was there a person assigned to get the tape from the other team was there a person assigned for whatever i saw everyone running helter skelter which is also a challenge many times we face in growing organizations specifically the mission today is i would say at a, a time which is literally sort of we are poised for a greater growth provided the video that you saw in the beginning of ups we are all in it together the acronym team i have redefined it little bit 
many people understand it as together everyone achieves more i only have modified a little bit to give a spiritual touch to it together everyone can aspire for more provided we work all together this is easier said than done we need to be clear of the roles many times it so happens that apparently people tread on somebody else's shoes and it leads to ego flare-ups and chain of emails and fights and even between abhyasis even between uh, prefects even between the functionaries of the mission the role that we have has to add value to each other we should be able to complement each other by adding value not cut into each other's work the other point obviously is the interpersonal relationship which is extremely critical for us to grow as a mission together again in this activity i didn't see many of the members venturing to the other team and asking for their help or going and asking would you mind giving the tape it happened towards the end but initially people are cribbing interpersonal relationships in terms i'm giving certain basics i link it back in terms of the spiritual value that master gives to get these things all together finally what really was lacking in almost all the teams which was visible to me as an observer was lack of leadership i didn't see any team any person emerging as a leader everyone was hoping that somebody will do a portion everybody was lending a giving hand i mean they were all lending a hand but there was no collective leadership or an individual leader which is emerging that takes me again to the point that we have today we are embarked on a growth which has taken us to 100 countries which also means there is a huge need for leaders or potential leaders not just leaders of men but leaders who can lead themselves people who can lead themselves the way master would want them to lead leadership deficit today is a challenge right from infosys right up to the match that we saw yesterday if you had remembered the match yesterday the those who follow the ipl t20 many of you may not have seen at least read the results today the cochin team which is the first time entry into ipl won the match against kolkata knight riders and uh, the captain jayvardhane attributed to two factors the entire uh, victory that they had the first thing he put is that he said we work better as a team than the other team and he also said everyone rose to the occasion we all have to rise to the occasion leadership is not something which is bestowed on you by designation no no i am not a functionary how can i work i am not this how can i do it is something that you take upon yourself if you take the case of master when master entered the mission there were stalwarts in the mission i mean the names that you see here are huge names i don't think master really worried about who is what or what is going to happen he went on about his work about what he is capable of and he allowed babuji to work through him and today you can see a mirror image of what babuji maharaj would have been which many of us haven't seen did we have it in us 10 years 20 years from now when the mission grows to 200 odd countries with millions of people today we are about 300000 people in the world a time will come surely i can see that we will have 30 million people maybe 300 million people are we ready to work this kind of a crowd this kind of followers who are going to get into the system after all if sajmar is going to be the default way as what whispers is saying in thousands of years to come or hundreds of years to come are we laying the foundation by becoming that which would help him to work through us in such a way that he doesn't have to worry that my children are fighting if you really seen the video and played back you would actually see that many people are very f- fighting but in a very subtle way it takes me to the next series of points the negative side of i'll speak from personal experience here there are few points which i see as pitfalls 
when I walked yesterday night into this room to check the preparedness of the room, normally I do, I saw the board and it had been returned working together, right? That was the name and there were hundreds of points returned there. I was in a sort of a, it was a sort of a pleasant shock because some of the points I wanted to share today. One of the biggest challenge that we are going to face when we grow, which we have already grown I guess and when we start growing in stature and want to serve the mission is prejudice. This is something that Master has been cautioning us repeatedly. This is something that you would also would have found in this activity in a very subtle way. Prejudice is one of the biggest challenges. I had been saddled with a lot of prejudices thanks to the work that he has done, it has come down. I am not yet at any level where I can say I am done with prejudices. The next point, which also is the point that forms your iceberg, poor belief systems. We do not carry the belief in us that we can make a difference. Many of us do not really feel that we really can make a difference if we decide to contribute. That's why they say leaders are always in minority. They are never in majority. You have one leader and you have hundreds of thousands of followers because that person firmly believed that he would make a difference. Like what our master is. The challenge today is huge. The challenge from within the organization. The challenge from outside of the organization in terms of the material challenges that the world today is faced with. The wars, all those things that you see, the calamities, the religion per se, the political people who they do not want people to really become aware of what is possible when they move into a spiritual method. Hence what happens is that our belief system affects our ability to perform and hence when it comes to serving the mission, to great extent we are unable to serve to what we are capable of. It is said of Einstein that while he was alive, he had hardly used 6% of the capacity of his brain. Imagine if we can only use even a portion of that where we can take the mission and how we can contribute as a squirrel in the work of the master. The third factor I would share here, specifically those who get close to master, we have this major problem, jealousy. That person is closer to master, that person is closer to the prefect. When he comes, the prefect gives him a 40 minute sitting, I was sitting and watching. For me, he gave me only a 25 minute sitting. Don't you feel sometime a 25 minute sitting might be an indication that the work on you required was lesser compared to the other person. Would you feel sad for a person who goes to the hospital every day that you are not going there? Likewise, we are, this is something which is carried many times which hurts master personally, specifically those who grow up and come closer to him, the jealousy factor. It doesn't matter, many times I found, you know, being inside the cottage, thanks to him allowing me to be, then when master is sleeping in the bedroom, everyone is happily sitting outside. They are all laughing, they are all smiling, they are having a nice chat. The moment they know master is up, the fight starts. I have to be there. If I am not there, they will come and ask, is so and so inside? If so and so is inside, if I am not inside, there is something wrong. They get jealous. I mean, how can you have in front of a mother who can give everything to you, what you really need, how can you have a situation that he is denying me an access to him which is being given to someone else? This is really something that I would like to share with you for a simple reason. We all suffer from this in various degrees. We all have burn injuries of various degrees as they say. Many of you might get closer to master at a physical level in the over a period of years to come. Some of you might start serving as functionaries. Some of you might be already serving as functionaries. This challenge will happen that when you get physically close to him, 
This is a great challenge that we are going to face. We need to work on it. That can happen only when you work on your thinking process, which leads again back to the iceberg model that we have seen. The next factor I have seen, which Babaji Maharaj also has said that it's not possible for you to eliminate, but you can regulate anger. Recently, I read a very interesting quote about anger, which said, getting angry is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. We all get angry. In the process, you know that when you get angry, your emotional balance goes for a six. Masks many times in our get-togethers to functionaries has given this caveat. Never talk or take a decision when you are angry. He also said you are only a master of the unspoken word or an unexhibited emotion. The moment you have shared a word or an emotion, you are no more a master of it. It gets on to you. Getting angry is the easiest. If you really see, anger again is an energy inside of us. If we build up a belief system that anger can be converted into a productive energy, I can use anger. Yes, my level of utilization in the mission is low. I would like to perform more. It's a positive anger. I can use it. Do we use it? Again, a question that you need to think about it. The next one. Specifically, many of us are likely to suffer. I am very sure we should be suffering, though to what degree I don't know. As you go up the ladder, apparently in the hierarchy of the mission, there is no defined hierarchy, but per se you may be given a designation as you go along. You are likely to develop what is one of the most dangerous spiritual inhibition which stops you from growing is power grossness. I can do this. Master once said the highest form of power grossness is the ability to think I can do it. Then you start getting into what is known. A few days back, Master was beautifully clarifying. It is alright to give advice when the other person seeks because advice adds to the wisdom of the other person. But it is not alright to intervene in somebody else's work because Master in his wisdom would have decided how the person's work is going to unfold. By you going and interfering like an ant walking on the wall, we just think we are helping it by pushing it out, it comes back. Pushing it out, it comes back. We interfere because we feel the next challenge that we all face, many of us face, I know everything. I mean, I know, I mean, after all, I have seen which I am also to a great extent, Master used to many times, funnily, even today, sometimes calls me as an all-knower. I know for sure I have a big challenge because till such time he's going to call me as an all-knower. I have a huge problem because it has already stopped me from growing. I think that I know everything which stops us from accepting somebody else's input, stops us from being humble, stops us from taking input from anyone on the street. For example, if you are dying of thirst, if a child of three years is going to extend a glass of water, would he say no because it's a child, you don't know what I want. Master says the highest wisdom is to take help when it comes. Power grossness stops us from doing so. I only can say that I can pray that you don't walk into such traps either now or in future. There are a couple of other points like being egoistic, being self-centered, being arrogant. The next one, personally I got a big jolt many years back when I came close to him way back in 93. I repeatedly felt a sense of rejection that he was not speaking enough with me. He is not looking at me. When he looks, he doesn't give an eye contact. When he speaks, it is, you know, too, it's, it's not what I want. 
I wrote him a very long letter. <laughs> Even today looking back it's funny, at the same time a good learning experience. The topic was a rejection. I wrote him long about incidents, blah blah, and said that you are rejecting me. Gave the letter to him in Gayatri, he just took it, saw the first word, threw it, he said, throw this nonsense out of your head right now. Nobody can be rejected by me. I mean a great revelation that all of us suffer at many times, no, no, master didn't talk. Now, when he came on stage and he actually looked at the person on the left, he didn't look at me. When I went into the cottage, he gave prasad to two people, I was standing there, he did not give it to me. When I extended my hand, he did not hold my hand. When I wanted to hold the stick, he refused. All these are rejection. It's as stupid as a child thinking that the mother is rejecting. All those who are at least mothers here will really know a mother can never reject a child. Are we being rejected by him? It's for you to decide. These are pitfalls we will face as we go along. There are a couple of other things which I will go before I close because I have another 10 minutes to close I guess. Inability to treat other abhyasis as equal. The only thing which is for sure, which is can be said for all of us is that we are all abhyasis. Anything else is the famous speech of Master in Jaipur on the 24th of July of 1994 titled, This too shall pass. Anything else that he bestows on us in terms of a title, in terms of a post, in terms of whatever it may be, access, are all things which will go. The only thing that is certain for us all the time is that we are all abhyasis. When we are in a sitting, in front of him, it doesn't. you don't get extra dosage of transmission because you are a functionary, you don't get something lesser because you are a one-year-old Abhyasi, you all get what you deserve. He gives and even to those who don't deserve, that's his uh, grace. Do we really treat everyone else as an Abhyasi? Just keep checking, are we behaving in a high-handed way which leads to power grossness? The other couple of points which I will share before I proceed to the spiritual aspect of this uh, learning. The tendency to be encircled within a small, my prefect, my center, my zone, my country, my region. You will find this in celebrations. People from Tamil Nadu will get into one tent. People from Andhra will go into one tent. Way back in Babaji's time, Master said that he tried this experiment of putting people alphabetically in tents and it miserably failed. People put the bags and went back and started staying with people who are from the same natives. When you come from a specific country, you all group together. When you come from a specific dialect or language, you all group together. This tendency needs to be broken. If this does not happen, which again comes back to the belief systems, that I am comfortable with the person who speaks my language, I am comfortable with the person who is from a similar background, I am comfortable with the person who is from a similar religion, we will never transcend the point that we need to for us to become what we have to. Let me move to the spiritual aspect of the learnings. There are a few key points which I thought I would share from the activity that I observed. In some way I was positively prejudiced that I am sure that the people who do hence let me have the notes on my hand. I have the notes which more or less fits into the activity that you did. If you really have to serve the mission, the foremost thing that we need, as Master has said, is discipline. Master gave two definitions for this word. The first one, he said, discipline is the elementary step of surrender. The second one, which is slightly longer, he said, the key to discipline is the eagerness to accept, not the enforced one. If you have accepted the highest goal as your individual goal, 
you will also accept the highest discipline as being necessary for the achievement of that goal. Master several times said, for us to be serving the mission in any way, the fundamental definition of the discipline he also mentioned is one who is disciplined. A disciple is one who is disciplined. Many times repeatedly has told us, just do as you are told. If he asks you to jump, jump. I mean, easier said than done. Why should I hear? I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to go deeper into this because discipline is such a huge topic. We can spend hours together. Was there a sense of discipline? Do you have a sense of discipline in taking the work that Master is likely to give us as we go along the journey? Decide for yourself. The next word, which again is a word I love, bonding. Imagine a house, a 10-story building. Imagine that each piece of concrete which brings the bricks and the walls and the furniture together in putting the building to that level doesn't bond together to stay. What happens to the building? It starts falling. The same is also true of the next point that I want to share. Something very close. I have been breaking my head on this word for the last three days. Finally, a couple of days back, the definition for this. I don't want to borrow the definition of what Master has given because all of you would have read this for sure. The most important thing to develop bonding is brotherhood. I have been literally meditating on this word. I caught a beautiful definition, which I will just read. My ability and willingness under all circumstances to give up my personal position in the larger interest of my sisters and brothers and that of our mission. Let me read it again. My ability and willingness under all circumstances to give up my personal position in the larger interest of my sisters and brothers and that of our mission. The day we can say that we follow this, I am sure that we would have exhibited brotherhood as he would really want us to. The four more points which I have seen personally that he exhibits in his interaction with Abhyasis and functionaries of the mission. Master being what he is, he sees the past, the present and the future. Yet, when he deals with us, there are four things that he obviously displays. An eternal love, an understanding that the person who is sitting in front of him is not complete. He really cannot contribute the way he would want them to, yet taking your inputs as if it matters. Even today if he is sitting and watching this program, it is because he understands that these are my children who are growing up. They are sharing something that they learned from me. Let me see if what I have taught them is coming out from what they are talking. The understanding to tolerate whatever we do. The number of mistakes I have done in his presence, physically and otherwise, which I continue to do with no credit being claimed for it. The amount of tolerance he shows is phenomenal. Many years back I remember there is a new device which had come to the cottage, brand new device. Somebody else had connected and I didn't know it was a device from USA. Like a stupid Indian and a person who knew everything, I went and connected to a 220 volt point. It burst and burnt. Very expensive equipment. And I literally wetting my pants. Master just gave a very kind look and he said, don't worry, we can fix this. 
This happened even yesterday with one of our sisters. He just said, it's okay, these things happen. How much he tolerates in the mistakes we do, the religious bigotry that we still have, the differences that we still persist with in spite of all that that is doing for us to break free. It also takes us to the next point. A beautiful question was asked of Master six months back in the cottage. What do you think about forgiving and forgetting? Master gave a beautiful spontaneous reply. For me, the need to forgive doesn't exist. Because you need first of all to react for you to take it in for you to forgive. So someone asked them, do you forget? He said, that's up to you. If you come after 10 years, if you are still carrying that you did this in your head, I have nothing but as a mirror to reflect what you are carrying. I have seen this several times with me that whenever I am carrying a thought, negative or otherwise, even after a week or 10 days or one month or one year, he automatically catches and gives it back. The moment I go in with a fresh set of mind that he is my master, it's alright. He talks to you as if nothing has happened. I mean, sometimes we take years together to overcome a word somebody has spoken to us. Here is a man who can instantly, I mean, leave alone, take, he, he, there's no need to forgive, as he said. I would summarize by sharing a few roles that we can play in the mission and what are the kind of belief system and attitude we need to bring to the table, which would take me to the last five, seven minutes of my talk. The first, as an Abhyasi, we have a role. I'll share three quotations that I read of Masters, two from Master and one from Lalaj Maharaj. One thing I would like to tell everybody, rather by the beat of a drum, that every seeker should try to shape his moral condition. One should not utter any word which is unpalatable to others, nor do any action not liked by others. Keeping these two things in view, one should apply oneself to improve his conduct. This is the basic principle. I am a lover of morality rather than spirituality. Thus speak Lalaji, page 23. The next two are given by Master. My beloved Master has emphasized that the inner and the outer must balance in a developed human being, like what I have been sharing here. As inside, so outside must be the reality of a spiritually developed person. Every Abhyasi must ruminate and discover for himself whether this has been established within himself. This came as part of the Sahaj Sandesh on the 9th of October 2008. The next one which he shares for Abhyasi. Please make me first of all an Abhyasi in the true sense. In the true spirit of what that means, one who lives by your principles, one who obeys your orders and commandments, one who is following the practice as established, sincerely, honestly, with dedication. Keep me aware of the goal I have got to go. Am I in this game for politics, for money, for power, for this, that and the other? No. I am here for personal spiritual evolution. Principles of Sajmar, Volume 7, page 14. Next, as a prefect, what is the role that we can play in the mission and what Master says of that? Let's see. My master has maintained that while the body lives by the soul, the soul must in turn have that by which it exists. And this is the ultimate life force or prana shakti. In our transmission under the Sajmark system, it is that is transmitted into the heart of the student of yoga by the divine power associated with my master 
and which power it has been possible for him to endow upon the receptors as they are called who are vested with this responsibility of offering such transmission to students who come to them the next one as a volunteer this is something which will remain fresh in all our minds because something that master spoke recently during his birthday celebrations this is one thing which is available to all of us for speedy progress i have been able to see that through service it is much simpler to reach him than through love master lucknow's speech on the 26th of july 2010 i would wish to see a mission where everyone volunteers the word volunteer by itself means nobody is going to ask you to going back to original definition of responsibility it is something that i take upon myself because i love that person who has been giving his entire life 24 bar 7 born on 24th of 7 for only one thing that is me am i doing at least a little bit for him as a volunteer without expecting anything in return next maybe it's something for myself and people who are part of the function of the mission as a official functionary love understanding and tolerance and forgiveness are all necessary and must be manifested at the individual level in personal interaction of functionaries this came in the website on 9th of october 2008 i have two things which are quite common for all of us master says something on ethics and morality talking about the role for us as a citizen of this world so you see there's something what master was also expanding today morning how much we actually waste the famous speech in tirupur 24th of july 2001 master even gave clear practical inputs on even how to wash your hand how to wash your mouth how to brush your teeth if all of you can take that speech and read it again it will be really useful for you to understand the context of this quote so you see we are wasteful we are violent we are aggressive we are accusative we are selfish we are taking and we are wasteful arrogant proud unwilling to accept the laws of nature which babuji sort of symbolized in one short sentence summarized in one sentence when you leave this world leave it a better place than you found it when you came in if you cannot do that at least leave it as good as you found it when you came that is to my mind the most concise form of defining either ethics or morality the topic on which master spoke on the 10th of june 2010 here in chennai the next one as a fellow human being master has given a beautiful definition again part of the same speech but we have to understand these principles that human life will be safe to continue into the future and to evolve only if we develop love for others share with others think of others first never think of yourself whether it is for food or self gratification or for anything else if all of us develop this tendency these ideas of living human living which we are calling moral and ethical and all that sort of thing i don't think i should call it ethical or moral it is a way of living in which i come last everybody else comes before me i would close my speech with a quote from the whispers after which there will be a short video the whispers i read recently which is a potential very good input for each and of us who intend serving the mission this came on the saturday may 19th 2001 10 am 
the new rays we have just mentioned will change the world. It is an unquestionable fact, but you also in your own way can act to prepare this future where men will stand together, where torture, terror and hunger will be banished. You can imagine this world, pray, help your brother and spend your life meeting with others rather than withdrawing into yourself and dwelling on your petty problems. Solidarity exists. It is developing. Minds are opening out and becoming aware of poverty and suffering. And even if all these efforts were still insufficient, they are very important. Make sure that your sadhana is also fruitful in this aspect. You are not advancing alone. Your brother is expecting you to help him even in this area, spirituality, which can transform his life, give it meaning and make him foresee other prospects which he did not have in mind before. This richness is within his reach. The golden age will not happen without it. It is mainspring and primary inspiration. The world is moving. A purifying movement is in the making. Mankind must awake and act on all levels according to their competencies, their personality and their own requirements. Today's man has a role to play, the importance of which he cannot imagine. Each of his acts is a pawn being moved on the big board of evolution. Make sure that its path is divinely inspired. Babaji Maharaj. I end with the prayer that each one of us rise up to the fullest level that we can in serving the mission and being responsible. Thank you for giving this one and a half hours. We will have a short video, about three minutes, which will be the concluding portion. If there is a need, we can have a QA and a in the afternoon since you have other sessions. Thank you. Amen.
of expectations between what we want them as compared to what they feel is better. This also leads us to two sides of an answer. One, I don't see the master in him that I think I see in myself. If master pervades both and he is there in me and in him too, would he be doing something which is against my interest or would he be doing something that is actually good for me? Anger also comes from poor understanding as master once said. We refuse to understand the point of view of the other person. Just because a person holds a view which is different from what we hold at that point of time, does it give us automatically a right to use our energy which can be better equipped elsewhere? Going back to the maximum level, morning also master is explaining one thing beautifully. Spiritual life becomes very easy the moment you stop thinking about yourself. You can think for yourself but you don't have to think about yourself. The moment we start thinking only about ourselves, everything else is working on this self-centered approach that I need to get this, I need to have this, I need to take this. Hence, when I see that includes exercise of power over others. The moment I see somebody else as an obstacle to that exercise of my power, I get angry. I get angry because I am unable to tell the other person why he should be seeing a point of view which is different from what he currently holds. Hence, the suppressed emotion over a period of time of being denied of our ability to express what we want and wanting others to accept that, we display it as a form of anger. As Babji Maharaj said, there is something that we can regulate, we cannot eliminate. Z, you know, show, I mean, uh, anger and the other one, both are not to be eliminated, both are to be regulated. If you understand anger is an emotion, an emotion is an energy that we have that can be better utilized if it is converted into a positive aspect. A famous quote of uh, a former president of USA, he beautifully said, I don't like this person, I have to understand him better. When I don't like somebody else, it's a very clear indication. Master once beautifully said, the things that we don't like in others are the things that we hate in ourselves. When I hate something in myself, when I see that in the other person, automatically I react, which gets reflected as anger. Hence, whenever I get angry, if I just go back to my belief systems, I mean, Master always says it helps. I mean, many of our programs, we have this time for golden silence. If we can think inward and find out what is it that is causing my anger, which portion of my belief system tells me it is alright for me to display anger. And we start working upon ourselves, we are working on our character, which changes our attitude. I mean imagine how many mistakes we make as functionaries, as abhyasis of the mission. How many times master had a legitimate human right to get angry with us? I mean he had every reason in the world to get angry and throw us out or do this or do that. In spite of all this, he took whatever we threw at him and 
in all that process showered us with his love hopefully someday we can shine that glory that he is giving to each one of us maybe anger can be considered into a positive force that we can use to build up i hope it answers partly your question yes brother can you just uh, clarify a little more about the about myself and thinking for myself because something layer will be that very important for us thinking for myself is something that would help me to improve for example like uh, brother asks i get angry so i think for myself and find why am i getting angry that can be a helpful attitude when i am thinking about myself i have the right to get angry because i am so and so i have wealth i have power i have a superiority or i have knowledge i have the muscle power what do you want to call that is thinking about yourself for a simple reason we do not alter the way we think again as i said i don't want to go deep into this topic because i'll be eating into the person who's going to speak tomorrow i firmly believe that there are two faculties we all have that would help us to alter our external behavior by working on the attitude by working on the character by working on the belief system one is the mind the second is the heart heart is purely a factor that is more like an intuition that works spontaneously without even thought whereas the only instrument of the mind for us to regulate it is thought itself master said you regulate mind by using mind itself on the mind the more i think again if you link it back to constant remembrance the topic that brother kamlesh spoke about if i am in remembrance all the time where is rather i would put it this way whenever you are unable to practice what master is saying tell yourself that actually you are not in remembrance it is a very painful lesson that i learned that whenever i am getting angry or when i am reacting whenever i am doing something i have detached myself of remembrance of him hence i work at the level in which i am working the only way to sharpen a knife is to keep sharpening it to keep practicing what he says fortunately he has given all that we need to know for the next thousands of years knowledge wise to such an extent that we don't need to worry about any new scriptures any new inputs there is so much there is also a famous quotation that we use in management what you know and what you don't practice you don't know at all there is no point in knowing something that we don't practice and there is no point in accumulating knowledge for the sake of gaining knowledge there is no point in filling up notebooks with inputs you can write down notes for hours together and you go and just get filed there is no point behavior is something that we need to work upon ourselves by altering the way in which we think by altering that thought process which helps you to change your belief system which changes your character which helps you to modify your attitude and hence you are that outside which you are inside to so we are in the process of learning so do you think we should so am i so 
So, by taking the responsibilities of any of the mission work, we want us to master and then learn. Or, I think by doing the by doing the responsibility. Uh, How do we learn swimming? How do we learn swimming? Even if we take months together to read a book on swimming, we will finally learn about swimming the day we step into water and start doing something about it. Master is very clearly sit on system. Very clearly said that the job that he gives as a post is just many times a smoke screen at various levels. One to check what the person does with the power, one to really see whether the person is rising up or in terms of the work that they have already done in some way of recognition. But if you really see, you go out in Bandaras, there is a question I ask of myself. How many functionaries or prefects do you really see as volunteers? Who are the people who are doing the dirty job? To such an extent that I once wrote an email to Master many years back that by default all prefects and functionaries first should become volunteers. After they run out of functionaries and prefects, the rest volunteers should be taken from abuses. Hence, volunteer job that we do is the highest form that Master bestows upon us. The advantage that you have seeing the positive side, that even if you make a mistake, somebody else will shoulder the responsibility. That way you get a huge canvas for you to experiment with all the work and someday hopefully master takes note of you and in some way you are sort of given an official post. Official post come and go, it doesn't really make a difference. But my ability to work cannot be stopped because I am waiting to learn to serve something. How do you learn cooking? How do you learn to speak? How do you learn to walk? The same thing about serving the mission too. Brother Bulas. Sorry? I asked him that too. Then he finally also in a jokingly, jokular way he said, I am talking about myself. Anyway, that's his way. But what he really is, is the question complete or? Yeah. This statement can When we go to a doctor, we hope that the doctor would see the symptoms and go to the root cause and solve the problem. If I have a headache, every time I go to the doctor, he's going to give me anacin or a saridon or a tablet and every time I come back, I have a headache. I wouldn't be happy with the doctor. I would want him to find the root cause and solve it. Could be a stomach problem, could be a liver problem. A headache has 100 medical reasons, as some of the doctors here would testify. I would rather go to a doctor who would rather change that cause permanently, which would alter this symptom from not happening again. Likewise, if a person who is in the counter is considered to be my brother, and if you remember the definition of the brotherhood that I shared with you, that the sisters and brothers take precedence over my own personal interest, that reflection that the person is putting, even if you correct him across the counter, is going to be a temporary correction. The next time when he sees Brother Ullas alone, he will be polite to you, but he will be something else. 
if really we have to see the change in others in terms of an eternal permanent change, we need to in some way work with them. The question that Sister Kanchana asked, I can take up the responsibility of working on someone else provided the permit. I can ask him, can we sit and talk? You seem to have a problem. Many times when you slow it down, people automatically calm down and then sit and talk. Maybe at that point of time, for let's, let's twist it around a little bit and see. He went to pick up a plate of bhajis that he ordered. As he went, he just touched, his hand touched his stove. There's a burn. He is not able to show. And he comes to the counter, you can't. For a second, he just says, stop. What gives me the right to react because somebody is putting up a temporary behavior which might have been caused by something else? Should I have to react, react to his behavior or should I find what exactly has caused that person to act like that? This is a complex question with a very simple solution. Look from the point of view of the other person as to why he might have done what he did. I mean, I see it every day in cottage, so I am, many of you, many of us here uh, accuse me of that as well, that I don't allow people in, so. <laughs> you see, I understood the cause. <laughs> Take the mic, yeah. Now you have some kind of a, whatever, a bandage now. He told me, he didn't do it. Because just an example I'm trying to give, especially in Vandara, I see very often, especially in meditation, all the time. I mean, all the ways they are not as polite as they were. This is a genuine concern which I am trying to share. There is another answer that Master gave in a different context that I would use here. One thing is talking about the wedding that happens in your family. Your family, some member is getting wedded. You are part of the family. What is your role? To sit there and whine and complain about you not getting the right coffee, the right uh, breakfast at time, there is no hot water when I went to take bath, or doing something about it. I have read somewhere, not from Master's word, complaining is a chronic disease. Because when we complain, we are very clearly unable to tolerate somebody else's apparent behavior for which we are unwilling to understand the cause. It is my Bandara. Who am I to expect a volunteer to come and help me? Why should I first of all expect a person to serve me? What stops you from going and saying, let me serve, we are all in together. How many times have you walked into a kitchen, had food and say, sorry brother, I have been seeing you standing for half an hour, would you mind coming and having food, I will go and serve. It's again a reflection of the attitude that we are displaying. When I am saying all this, I am not standing up here and passing a judgment. I have been, I continue to be doing many of these mistakes myself. The more we spend time in understanding quickly where the faults lie, we will finally find that all this is a reflection of my outlook of others, which is my attitude. By altering the belief system, if someone does not speak to me well when I go to the meditation hall or to the kitchen or to elsewhere, what am I supposed to do? What are the options you have? I can ignore. Master says one of the best ways to forgive, just ignore and keep moving on. Just ignore and keep moving on. This too shall pass. He may be carrying it. 
the famous Buddha story. Buddha goes into a town, he goes to a house and a person comes and gives him something which something is nothing but human excreta. Buddha looks at it and politely refuses saying sorry thanks and goes on. They take bhiksha from so many houses and this disciple is really angry and when they sit in the afternoon for eating the disciple refuses to eat saying how can this person do and how are you keeping quiet I need an answer. So Buddha very calmly replies to him saying when the person came and gave that woman excreta to me who did it belong to? He said it belonged to the person who gave. Had I accepted what he gave, who, would have, who it would have belonged to? So he said it would have belonged to you. I didn't take it. Now who does it belong to? The same way, Master said that the best way to forgive is to ignore and keep moving on. Why should somebody else not offering me a seat or a cup of tea or an additional plate of rice or whatever affect my sadhana? Why should I meditate on you? It happened to me once I was uh, doing the doorkeeping duty in Glenmore. And master was about to start satsang. Master just said, stand there and see. So I just stood there. The elderly gentleman who came, very expensive shoes. He ran into Glenmore with the shoes. You know Glenmore, masters, near master's house. Master had already started the city. I only requested him, sir, please leave, the, brother, please leave your shoes outside and go. He mumbled something in chased Hindi and ran in. Of course, he removed the shoes. After 40 minutes, when master said, that's all, he gave came out and gave me the kind of words you will not want to hear. The substance was simple. You bloody idiot, exact words he used. Because of you, 40 minutes I was meditating on my shoes. <laughs> you decide on what you want to meditate on. You want to meditate on the volunteer or... I mean many people think, you know, transmission I have to sit right in front of you. Many of our prefects actually propagate this. When I go to Manapagam and come back, please come to me for a sitting. Why? I have extra charge. Otherwise, rest of the time we are discharged. I mean, it's up to you finally the kind of attitude that you hold, that you want to display, which converts into a behavior. How long would it take for him to step into issue? Brother, would you mind going and sitting for such an I'll stand here for you. Just imagine, I mean, these are easier said than done. The last seven years, I have not sat in any bandara for such an and I have not at any point of time felt I have missed something that all of you who would have been sitting in satsang would have got. Because I always felt that I am getting more because Master in some way has covered. In fact, many times I have had experiences keeping my eyes open. Couple of times I shared with Master, he said it's correct. Does it mean that you need to have the enjoyment of a sitting only with your eyes closed? Does it mean you are a volunteer, you don't get? No. How long would it take for you to flip a coin and say that today all volunteers will sit, all abhyasis will do the door duty in the meditation hall. And if somebody does it, I would be happy. <laughs> Next question if you have. Many times the best way to make you forget a question is to give long answers. <laughs> Not long answers. Yeah, um, there is a pure experience. How connect with the internal master and then uh, nurture it without having an opportunity or making an effort to be physically close to the Again, I may be eating it tomorrow's topic, but the 
power of thought. The power of thought that I am distant from him, I am not close to him, he doesn't know me, I am not close enough, are recipes for disaster. Way back in 92 when I joined the mission, for one year I had been going through similar agony. I couldn't get close to him. I tried hard, I had been stopped by securities, I had been stopped by everyone, right from a six-year-old child who was one standing as a door guard. And then I started really feeling that if really I am close to him, he will take me towards him. And someday it happened. So finally, again the belief system is altered by thinking. Do we distance him from us by thinking that he is not close to us? If you really read Laraj Maharaj's work, he very clearly has thought about this many many years back to give a beautiful definition. Rare is an abhyasi for whom one physical exposure with the living master is sufficient. For the rest of us, we need more. The last line I am adding. He said, rare is an abhyasi for whom one exposure to the living master is sufficient. He has said this way back in the 20s. Imagine those days, the entire mission had maybe 30-40 abhyasis. There was no mission per se. There was a system. Hardly maybe 40 abhyasis, 50 abhyasis, with everyone having a physical exposure to master 24 bar 7 if they choose to. Today, it is not possible for you to have that kind of exposure. But one thing I have seen, diligently master has done. Each one of you in this room, each Abhyasi who has joined the mission in the last few months to the people who have been there for 30-40 years, that one exposure would have surely been given by him to you. The seed has been sown. It's up to me to put that thought and expand, expand, expand. A banyan tree of 150 years old today, which is spanning hundreds of acres in Adyar, the famous Adyar banyan tree, was once a small seed. It's because I nurtured it with the belief that it will grow. Even this thought that I am distant from him is enough to create the distance. It's very difficult to practice, but we need to alter the thinking pattern that I am within. Would distance matter? If thought can take you to the end of the universe in an instant, can't it take you to your beloved? Can't you put him there permanently? I mean, I practice a technique which I am not sure if I am permitted to share, but I still travel. I will share it with you. The moment I sit in meditation in the morning, I just have this thought that wherever master is there, I am sitting in front of him and taking a sitting. Maybe superstition, maybe stupidity, whatever. Every time I sit, which has been my base of my practice for so many years, I don't even think this is part of the prescribed practice. I always sit in the morning that I am wherever master is and he is giving the sitting. I always had the best of sittings. I have found over a period of time that this thought is sufficient. After all, master says the prayer in the morning is to connect you with him after you wake up. And throughout the day you are with him. And the prayer in the night is to connect you with him at a sleeping stage. Master gave a beautiful speech for the people from USA a few months back in the ashram. Where he said, he gave a new definition of prayer which also came, the new utilization of the need for prayer in the night. He said the master works even in the dream state. And for you to be able to perceive and enjoy that, you need to be connected. And for you to be connected, the prayer is essential in the night. 
you can visit the website that uh, speech of master is uh, loaded there for you to hear hence this thought that i am distant from him is suicide in fact i wanted to share something earlier many people we all go into a self pity mode that master is not spending time with me he is not looking he is not nurturing me once i read somewhere the self pity is the slowest form of spiritual suicide anyway any other questions are we done dolly thank you